0: part five of a treatise on the true devotion to the blessed virgin mary by louise marie grignon de montfort translated by frederick william favor d d this librivox recording is in the public domain the motives of this perfect consecration first motive which shows us the excellence of this consecration of ourselves by the hands of mary if we can conceive on earth no employment more lofty than the service of god if the least servant of god is richer more powerful and more noble than all the kings and emperors of earth unless they also are the servants of god what must be the riches the power and the dignity of the faithful and perfect servant of god who is devoted to his service entirely and without reserve to the utmost extent that is possible such is the faithful and loving slave of jesus and mary who has given himself up utterly to the service of that king of kings by the hands of his holy mother and has reserved nothing for himself not all the gold of earth nor all the beauties of the heavens can repay him the other congregations associations and confraternities erected in honour of our lord and his holy mother and which do such immense good in christendom do not make us give everything without reserve They only prescribe to their members certain practices and actions to satisfy their obligations they leave them free for all the other actions and times of their lives but this devotion makes us give to jesus and mary without reserve all our thoughts words actions and sufferings all the times of our life in such sort that whether we wake or sleep whether we eat or drink whether we do great actions or very little ones it is always true to say that whatever we do even without thinking of it is by virtue of our offering at least if it has not been expressly retracted done for jesus and mary what a consolation is this moreover as i have already said there is no other practice equal to this for enabling us to get rid with facility of a certain proprietorship which imperceptibly insinuates itself into our best actions our good jesus gives us this great grace and recompense for the heroic and disinterested action of making accession to him by the hands of his holy mother, of all the value of our good works. If he gives a hundredfold, even in this world, to those who for his love quit outward and temporal and perishable goods, what will that hundredfold be which he will give to the man who sacrifices for him even his inward and spiritual goods? Jesus, our great friend, has given himself to us without reserve, body and soul, virtues, graces and merits. toto totum, make him of it, says St. Bernard he has bought the whole of me by the whole of him is it not then a simple matter of justice and of gratitude that we should give him all that we can give him he has been the first to be liberal towards us let us at least be the second and then in life and death and throughout all eternity we shall find him still more liberal cum liberali liberalis. spirit with the liberal he will be liberal The second motive which shows us how just it is in itself and advantageous to christians to consecrate themselves entirely to the blessed virgin by this practice in order to belong more perfectly to jesus christ this good master has not disdained to shut himself up in the womb of the blessed virgin as a captive and as a loving slave and to be subject and obedient to her for thirty years it is here i repeat it that the human mind loses itself when it seriously reflects on the conduct of the incarnate wisdom Who has not willed, though he might have done so, to give himself to men directly, but through the blessed virgin? He did not will to come into the world at the age of a perfect man, independent of others, but like a poor and little babe, dependent on the cares and nourishment of this holy mother. He is the infinite wisdom who had a boundless desire to glorify God his father and to save men, and yet he found no more perfect means, no shorter way to do it than to submit himself in all things to the blessed virgin, not only during the first eight, ten, or fifteen years of his life, like other children, but for thirty years. He gave more glory to God his Father during all that time of submission and dependence to our Blessed Lady than he would have given him if he had employed those thirty years in working miracles, in preaching to the whole earth, and in converting all men, seeing that his Heavenly Father and himself had ruled it thus. I always do the things which please him oh how highly we glorify god when after the example of jesus we submit ourselves to mary having then before our eyes an example so plain and so well known to the whole world are we so senseless as to imagine that we can find a more perfect or shorter means of glorifying god than that of submitting ourselves to mary after the example of her son Let us recall here as a proof of the dependence we ought to have on our blessed lady what i have said above in bringing forward the example which the father the son and the holy ghost give of this dependence his father has not given and does not give his son except by her he has no children but by her and communicates no graces but by her god the son has not been formed for the whole world in general except by her and he is not daily formed and engendered, except by her, in the union with the Holy Ghost. Neither does he communicate his merits and his virtues, except by her. The Holy Ghost has not formed Jesus Christ, except by her. Neither does he form the members of our Lord's mystical body, except by her. And through her alone does he dispense his favors and his gifts. After so many and such pressing examples of the Most Holy Trinity, can we without an extreme blindness dispense ourselves from Mary and not consecrate ourselves to her and depend on her to go to God and to sacrifice ourselves to God? Here are some Latin passages of the fathers which I have chosen to prove what has just been said duo filii maria sunt homo deus et homo purus unius corporaliter et alterius spiritualiter mater maria st bonaventure and origin. Hic est voluntas Dei, qui totum nos voluit habere primarium, ac secret SPEI, sequi gratiæ, sequi salutis, ab ea NUVERIMUS redundare. Saint Bernard. Omnia dona virtutes gratiæ ipsius Spiritus Sancti, quibus volt et quando volt, quomodo volt et quantum volt per IPSIUM manus AMINISTRANTER. Saint Bernardine quia indignus eras cui denaritur datum est mariae Uper her ilum acipares, quid quid haberes st bernard god says st bernard seeing that we are unworthy to receive his graces immediately from his own hand gives them to mary in order that we may have through her whatever he wills to give us and he also finds his glory in receiving through the hands of mary the gratitude respect and love which we owe him for his benefits It is most just, then, that we should imitate this conduct of God, in order, as the same St. Bernard says, that the grace should return to its author by the same canal through which it came, ude odum avio, a logitorum gratiae gratia radiat quo fluxit, that grace should return to the giver of grace by the same channel through which it came. This is precisely what our devotion does. We offer and consecrate all we are and all we have to the Blessed Virgin in order that our lord may receive through her mediation the glory and the gratitude which we owe him we acknowledge ourselves unworthy and unfit to approach his infinite majesty by ourselves and it is on this account that we avail ourselves of the intercession of the most holy virgin moreover this devotion is a practice of great humility which god loves above all the other virtues a soul which exalts itself abases god a soul which abases itself exalts god God resists the proud and gives his grace to the humble. If you abase yourself, thinking yourself unworthy to appear before him and to draw nigh to him, he descends and lowers himself to come to you, to take pleasure in you and to exalt you in spite of yourself. On the contrary, when you are hardy enough to approach God without a mediator, God flies from you and you cannot reach him. Oh, how he loves humility of heart! It is to this humility that our peculiar devotion engages us, because it teaches us never to draw nigh of ourselves to our lord however sweet and merciful he may be but always to avail ourselves of the intercession of our blessed lady whether it be to appear before god or to speak to him or to draw near to him or to offer him anything or to unite and consecrate ourselves to him third motive one the most holy virgin who is a mother of sweetness and mercy and who never lets herself be vanquished in love and liberality seeing that we give ourselves entirely to her to honour and to serve her and for that end strip ourselves of all that is dearest to us in order to adorn her meets us in the same spirit she also gives her whole self and gives it in an unspeakable manner to him who gives all to her she causes him to be engulfed in the abyss of her graces she adorns him with her merits she supports him with her power she illuminates him with her light she inflames him with her love she communicates to him her virtues, her humility, her faith, her purity, and the rest. She makes herself his bail, his supplement, and is dear all towards Jesus. In a word, as that person is all consecrated to Mary, so is Mary all for him. After such a fashion that we can say of that perfect servant and child of Mary, what St. John the Evangelist said of himself, that he took the Holy Virgin for all his goods, accepi eum, discipulus in sua the disciple took her for his own. It is this which produces in the soul, if it is faithful, a great distrust, contempt, and hatred of self, and a great confidence and great self-abandonment in the Blessed Virgin, its good mistress. A man no longer, as before, leans on his own dispositions, intentions, merits, and good works, because, having made an entire sacrifice of them to Jesus Christ by that good mother, he is but one treasure now, where all his goods are laid up, and that is no longer in himself for his treasure is mary it is this which makes him approach our lord without servile or scrupulous fear and pray to him with great confidence it is this which makes him enter into the sentiments of the devout and learned abbot rupert who making an allusion to the victory that jacob gained over the angel said to our blessed lady these beautiful words o mary my princess immaculate mother of a god-man jesus christ i desire to wrestle with that man namely the divine word not armed with my own merits but with yours o domina Dei genitrix maria et incorrupta mater dei et hominis non meis sed tuis armatus meritis cum isto vero seu verbo dei dicta cupio oh how strong and mighty we are with jesus christ when we are armed with the worthy merits and intercession of the mother of god who as saint augustine says has lovingly vanquished the most high two as by this practice we give to our lord by his mother's hands all our good works that good mother purifies them embellishes them and makes them acceptable to her son one she purifies them of all the soil of self-love and of the imperceptible attachment to the creature which slips incessantly into our best actions as soon as they are in her most pure and fruitful hands these same hands which have never been sullied or idle and which purify whatever they touch take away from the present which we make to her all that was spoiled or imperfect about it two she embellishes our works in adorning them with her own merits and virtues it is as if a peasant wishing to gain the friendship and benevolence of the king went to the queen and presented her with a fruit which was his whole revenue in order that she might present it to the king The queen having accepted the poor little offering from the peasant would place the fruit on a large and beautiful dish of gold and so on the peasant's behalf would present it to the king then the fruit however unworthy in itself to be a king's present will become worthy of his majesty because of the dish of gold on which it rested and the person who presented it three she presents these good works to jesus christ for she keeps nothing of what is given for herself as if she was our last end. She refers it all faithfully to Jesus. If we give to her, we give necessarily to Jesus. If we praise her or glorify her, we at once praise and glorify Jesus. As of old, when St. Elizabeth praised her, so now, when we praise and bless her, she sings herself, Magnificat anima mea dominum, My soul doth magnify the Lord. For. She persuades Jesus to accept these good works, however little and poor the present may be, for that saint of saints and that king of kings. When we present anything to Jesus by ourselves, and relying on our own industry and disposition, Jesus examines the offering, and often rejects it, because of the stains it has contracted through self-love. Just as of old, he rejected the sacrifices of the Jews, when they were full of their own will. But when we present him anything by the pure and virginal hands of his well-beloved we take him by his weak side if it is allowable to use such a term he does not consider so much the thing that is given him as the mother who gives it he does not consider so much whence the offering comes as by whom it comes thus mary who is never repelled and always well received by her son makes everything she presents to him great or small acceptable to his majesty for jesus to receive it and to take complaisance in it, it is enough that mary should present it. This is the great counsel which st bernard used to give to those whom he conducted to perfection when you want to offer anything to god, take care to offer it by the most agreeable and worthy hands of mary, unless you wish to have it rejected. Modicum quo offer desideris manibus mariae offerendum tradere cura si nos via ostinere repulsum is not this what nature itself suggests to the little with regard to the great as we have already seen why should not grace lead us to do the same thing with regard to god who is infinitely exalted above us and before whom we are less than atoms seeing moreover that we have an advocate so powerful that she has never refused so full of inventions that she knows all the secret ways of gaining the heart of god and so good and charitable that she repels no one however little and wretched he may be I shall bring forward presently the true figure of these truths in the history of Jacob and Rebekah. Fourth Motive This devotion, faithfully practiced, is an excellent means of making sure that the value of all our good works shall be employed for the greatest glory of God. Scarcely any one acts for that noble end, although we are all under an obligation to do so. Either we do not know where the greatest glory of God is to be found, or we do not wish to find it. But our blessed lady, to whom we see the value and the merit of the good works we do, knows most perfectly where the greatest glory of God is to be found. And, inasmuch as she never does anything except for the greatest glory of God, a perfect servant of that good mistress, who is wholly consecrated to her, may say with the heartiest assurance that the value of all his actions, thoughts, and words is employed for the greatest glory of God at least, unless he expressly revokes his offering. Is there any consolation equal to this for a soul who loves God with a pure and disinterested love, and who prizes the glory and interest of God far beyond his own? Fifth Motive. This devotion is an easy, short, perfect, and secure way of arriving at union with our Lord, in which the perfection of a Christian consists. One, it is an easy way, is the way which jesus christ himself trod in coming to us and in which there is no obstacle in arriving at him it is true that we can attain to divine union by other roads but it is by many more crosses and strange deaths and with many more difficulties which we shall find it hard to overcome we must pass through obscure nights through combats through strange agonies over craggy mountains through cruel thorns and over frightful deserts but by the path of mary we pass more gently and more tranquilly we do find it is true great battles to fight and great hardships to master but that good mother and mistress makes herself so present and so near to her faithful servants to enlighten them in their darknesses and their doubts to strengthen them in their fears and to sustain them in their struggles and their difficulties that in truth this virginal path to find jesus christ is a path of roses and honey compared with the other paths There have been some saints but they have been in small numbers who have passed by this sweet path to go to jesus because the holy ghost faithful spouse of mary has by a singular grace disclosed it to them such were st ephraim st john damascene st bernard st bernardine st bonaventure st francis of sales and others but the rest of the saints who are the greater number although they have all had devotion to our blessed lady have not on that account, or at least very little, entered upon this way. This is why they have had to pass through ruder and more dangerous trials. How comes it, then, some of the faithful servants of Mary will say to me, that the loyal clans of this good mother have so many occasions of suffering, nay, even more than others who are not so devout to her? They are contradicted, they are persecuted, they are calumniated, the world cannot endure them, or again they walk in interior darkness and in deserts where there is not the least drop of the dew of heaven if this devotion to our blessed lady makes the road to jesus easier how comes it that they who follow it are the most despised of men i reply that it is quite true that the most faithful servants of the blessed virgin being also her greatest favourites receive from her the greatest graces and favours of heaven which are crosses but I maintain that it is also the servants of Mary who carry these crosses, with more facility, more merit, and more glory. That which would stay the progress of another a thousand times over, or perhaps would make him fall, does not once arrest their steps, but rather enables them to advance. Because that good mother, all full of the graces and unction of the Holy Ghost, preserves all the crosses which she cuts for them, and the sugar of her maternal sweetness, so that they swallow them gaily like preserved fruits however bitter they may be in themselves and i believe that a person who wishes to be devout and to live piously in jesus christ and consequently to suffer persecutions and carry his cross daily will never carry great crosses or carry them joyously or perseveringly without a tender devotion to our lady which is the sweet meat and confection of crosses Just as a person would not be able to eat unripe fruits without a great effort which he could hardly keep up, unless they had been preserved in sugar. 2. This devotion to the Blessed Virgin is a short road to find Jesus Christ, both because it is a road which we do not stray from, and because, as I have just said, it is a road we tread with joy and facility, and by consequence with promptness. We make more progress in a brief period of submission to, and dependence on, Mary, than in whole years of our own will, and of resting upon ourselves. A man obedient and submissive to Mary shall sing the signal victories which he shall gain over his enemies. They will try to hinder his advancing, or to make him retrace his steps, or to fall. This is true, but with the support, the aid, and the guidance of Mary, without failing, without drawing back one step, without even slackening his pace he shall advance with great strides towards jesus along the same path by which he knows that jesus also came to us with giant strides and in the briefest space of time why do you think that jesus lived so short a time on earth and of those few years spent nearly all of them in subjection and obedience to his holy mother ah this is the truth that he was perfected indeed in a short time but that he lived a long time longer than adam whose fall he had come to repair although the patriarch lived above nine hundred years jesus christ lived a long time because he lived in complete subjection to his holy mother and closely united with her in order that he might thus obey god his father for the holy ghost says that the man who honors his mother is like a man who layeth up a treasure that is to say he who honors mary his mother up to the point of subjecting himself to her and obeying her in all things, will soon become exceedingly rich. One, because he is every day amassing treasures by the secret of that philosopher's stone, qui honorat matrem quasi qui throsarizat. He who honors his mother is as one who lays up a treasure. Two, because it is the bosom of Mary which has surrounded and engendered a perfect man, and has had the capacity of containing him, whom the whole universe could neither contain nor comprehend it is i say in the bosom of mary that they who are youthful become elders in light in holiness in experience and in wisdom and that we arrive in a few years at the fulness of the age of jesus christ three this practice of devotion to our blessed lady is also a perfect path by which to go and unite ourselves to jesus because the divine mary is the most perfect and the most holy of creatures and because jesus who has come to us most perfectly took no other road for his great and admirable journey the most high the incomprehensible the inaccessible he who is has deigned to come to us little worms of earth who are nothing how has he done this the most high has come down to us perfectly and divinely by the humble mary he has come to us by her without losing anything of his divinity and sanctity so it is by Mary that the unspeakable little are to ascend, perfectly and divinely, without any fear, to the Most High. The incomprehensible has allowed himself to be comprehended and perfectly contained by the little Mary, without losing anything of his immensity. So also it is by the little Mary that we must let ourselves be held and guided perfectly without any reserve. The inaccessible has drawn near to us, and has closely united himself to us, perfectly and even personally to our humanity by mary without losing any of his majesty so also is it by mary that we must draw near to god and unite ourselves perfectly and closely to his majesty without fear of being repulsed in a word he who is has designed to come to that which is not and to make that which is not become god in him who is and he has done this perfectly in giving himself and subjecting himself entirely to the young virgin mary without ceasing to be in time he who is eternal in like manner it is by mary that we who are nothing can become like to god by grace and glory by giving ourselves to her so perfectly and entirely as to be nothing in ourselves but everything in her without fear of delusion make for me if you will a new road to go to jesus and pave it with all the merits of the blessed, adorn it with all their heroic virtues, illuminate and embellish it with all the lights and beauties of the angels, and let all the angels and saints be there themselves to escort, defend, and sustain those who are ready to walk there. And yet in truth, in simple truth, I say boldly, and I repeat that I say truly, I would prefer through this new perfect path the immaculate way of Mary. POSUI IMMACULATUM VIAM MEUM it is the way without any stain or spot without original or actual sin without shadow or darkness when my sweet jesus in his glory comes a second time on earth as it is most certain he will do to reign there he will choose no other way for his journey than the divine mary by whom he came the first time so surely and so perfectly but there will be a difference between his first and his last coming the first time he came secretly and hiddenly the second time he will come gloriously and resplendently, but both times he will come perfectly, because both times he will come by Mary. Alas, here is a mystery which is not understood. tatiat omnis lingua. Here let all tongues be mute. For This devotion to our Blessed Lady is also a secure way to go to Jesus and to acquire perfection by uniting us to him. One, it is a secure way because the practice which I am teaching is not new. M. Budon, who died a little while ago in the Order of Sanctity, says in a book which he composed on this devotion that it is so ancient we cannot fix precisely the date of its commencement. It is, however, certain that for more than seven hundred years we find traces of it in the Church. Saint Adelon, the Abbot of Cluny, who lived about the year 1040. Was one of the first who publicly practised it in france as is remarked in his life cardinal peter Damian relates that in the year 1036 the blessed Marino, his brother made himself a slave of the blessed virgin in the presence of his director in a most edifying manner he put a rope round his neck took the discipline and laid on the altar a sum of money to mark his devotion and consecration to our lady and he continued this devotion so faithfully during his whole life that he deserved to be visited and consoled at his death by his good mistress and to receive from her mouth the promise of paradise and recompense for her services caesarius belandus mentions an illustrious cavalier vautier de burbach who about the year 1500 consecrated himself to the blessed virgin this devotion was also practiced by several private persons up to the seventeenth century when it became public father simon de roxes of the order of the redemption of captives and preacher of philip the third made this devotion popular in spain and germany and through the instance of philip the third he obtained of gregory the fifteenth ample indulgences for those who practised it father de los rios the augustinian devoted himself with his intimate friend father roxes to spread this devotion both by preaching and writing through spain and germany he composed a thick volume called Hierarchia Mariana, in which he treats with as much piety as learning of the antiquity, excellence, and solidity of this devotion. The Theatin fathers, in the seventeenth century, established this devotion in Italy, Sicily, and Savoy. Father Stanislaus Vallacius, the Jesuit, increased this devotion wonderfully in Poland. Father de los Rios, in his work just cited, quotes the names of princes, princesses, dukes and cardinals of different kingdoms who embraced this devotion cornelius a lapide as much recommended for his piety as for his profound tradition having received a commission from several theologians to examine this devotion did so with great maturity and deliberation and praised it in a manner which we might have expected from his well-known piety and many other distinguished persons have followed his example the jesuit fathers always zealous in the service of our blessed lady presented in the name of the Congregatus of cologne a little treatise on this devotion to the duke ferdinand of bavaria who was then archbishop of cologne he gave it his approbation and permission to print it and exhorted all the parish priests and religious of his diocese to promote the devotion as much as ever they could cardinal borelli whose memory is in benediction through all france was one of the most zealous in spreading this devotion in that country in spite of all the calumnies and persecutions which he suffered from critics and libertines. They accused him of novelty and superstition, they wrote and published against him a libel, in order to defame him, and they made use, or rather it was the devil by their ministry, of a thousand subtleties to hinder his spreading their devotion in France. But that great and holy man only answered their calumnies by his patience, and he met the objections contained in their libel by a short treatise, in which he most convincingly refuted them. He showed them that the devotion was founded on the example of jesus christ on the obligations which we have to him and on the vows which we have made in holy baptism it was chiefly by this last reason that he shut his adversaries mouths making them see that this consecration to the holy virgin and to jesus christ by her hands is nothing else than the perfect renewal of the vows and promises of baptism he has said many beautiful things on this practice which can be read in his works We may also see, in M. work, the different popes who have approved this devotion, the theologians who have examined it, the persecutions they have undergone and have overcome, and the thousands of persons who have embraced it, without any pope having ever condemned it. Indeed, we cannot see how it could be condemned, without overturning the foundations of Christianity. It is clear that this devotion is not new, and that if it is not common, it is because it is too precious to be relished and practiced by all the world footnote Budan says in the st esclavag that the english catholics were remarkable for this devotion in the seventeenth century f w f two this devotion is a secure means of going to jesus christ because it is the very characteristic of our blessed lady to conduct us surely to jesus just as it is the very characteristic of jesus to conduct us surely to the eternal father spiritual persons therefore must not fall into the false belief that mary can be a hindrance to them in attaining to divine union for is it possible that she who has found grace before god for the whole world in general and for each one in particular should be a hindrance to a soul in finding the great grace of union with him can it be possible that she who has been all full and superabounding with graces so united and transformed into god that it has been a kind of necessity that he should be incarnate in her should be a stumbling block in the way of a soul's perfect union with god it is quite true that the view of other creatures however holy may perhaps at certain times retard divine union but this cannot be said of mary as i have remarked before and shall never weary of repeating one reason why so few souls come to the fullness of the age of jesus christ is because mary who is as much as ever the mother of the son and as much as ever the fruitful spouse of the holy ghost is not sufficiently formed in their hearts he who wishes to have the fruit well ripened and well formed must have the tree that produces it he who wishes to have the fruit of life jesus christ must have the tree of life which is mary he who wishes to have in himself the operation of the holy ghost must have his faithful and indissoluble spouse, the Divine Mary, who makes him fertile and fruit-bearing, as we have said elsewhere. Be persuaded, then, that the more you look at Mary in your prayers, contemplations, actions, and sufferings, if not with a distinct and definite view, at least with a general and imperceptible one, the more perfectly will you find Jesus Christ, who is always with Mary, great, powerful, operative, and incomprehensible. Thus, so far from the Divine Mary, all absorbed in God, being an obstacle to the perfect in their attaining to union with god there has never been up to this point and there never will be any creature who will aid us more efficaciously in this great work whether by the graces she will communicate to us for this effect for as a saint has said no one can be filled with the thought of god except by her nimo cogitatione de repliter nisi per te or whether by freedom from the illusions and trickeries of the evil spirit which he will guarantee to us where mary is there the evil spirit is not one of the most infallible marks we can have of our being conducted by the good spirit is our being very devout to mary our thinking often of her and our speaking often of her this last is the thought of a saint who adds that as respiration is a certain sign the body is not dead the frequent thought and loving invocation to Mary is a certain sign the soul is not dead by sin. As it is Mary alone says the Church and the Holy Ghost who guides the Church, who alone makes all heresies come to nought, solo cunctus hereses inter misti in UNIVERSO mundo. Thou alone hast destroyed all heresies in the whole world. We may be sure that however critics may grumble no faithful client of mary will ever fall into heresy or illusion at least formal he may very well err materially take falsehood for truth and the evil spirit for the good and yet he will do even this with more difficulty than others but sooner or later he will acknowledge his material fault and error and when he knows it he will not be in any way self-opinionated in believing in maintaining what he had once thought true whoever then wishes to put aside the fear of illusion which is the besetting timidity of men of prayer and to advance in the way of perfection and surely and perfectly find jesus christ let him embrace with great-heartedness corde magno et animo valenti with a great heart and a willing mind this devotion to our blessed lady which perhaps he has not known before let him enter into this excellent way which was unknown to him and which i now point out Excellencio rem viam vobis demonstro. I show you a more excellent way. It is a path trodden by Jesus Christ, the incarnate wisdom, our soul head. One of his members, in passing by the same road, cannot deceive himself. It is an easy road because of the fullness of the grace and unction of the Holy Ghost, which fills it to overflowing. No one wearies there. No one walking there has ever to retrace his steps. It is a short road, which leads us to Jesus in a little time. It is a perfect road, where there is no mud, no dust, nor the least spot of sin. Lastly, it is a secure road, which conducts us to Jesus Christ in life eternal, in a straight and secure manner, without turning to the right hand or to the left. Let us then set forth upon that road and walk there day and night, until we come to the fullness of the age of Jesus Christ. Sixth Motive this practice of devotion gives to those who make use of it faithfully a great interior liberty which is the liberty of the children of god for as by this devotion we make ourselves slaves of jesus christ and consecrate ourselves entirely to him in this capacity our good master in recompense for the loving captivity in which we put ourselves one takes all scruple and servile fear from the soul with everything that is capable of contracting imprisoning or confusing it two he enlarges the heart by a firm confidence in god making it look at him as a father and three he inspires us with a tender and filial love without stopping to prove these truths by arguments i shall be content to quote here what i have read in the life of mother agnes of jesus a dominicaness of the convent of Langiac in auvergne who died there in the odor of sanctity in the year 1634 When she was only seven years old, and was suffering from great spiritual pains, she heard a voice which told her that if she wished to be delivered from all her pains, and to be protected against all her enemies, she was as quickly as possible to make herself the slave of Jesus and his most holy mother. She had no sooner returned to the house than she gave herself up entirely to Jesus and his mother in this capacity, although up to that time she had not known so much as what the devotion meant having found an iron chain she put it round her body and wore it to her death after this action all her pains and scruples ceased and she found herself in a great peace and delation of heart it was this which engaged her to teach the devotion to many persons who made great progress in it and among others to m olier the founder of saint sulpice and to many priests and ecclesiastics of the same seminary One day Our Lady appeared to her and put round her neck a chain of gold, to testify the joy she had in Mother Agnes, having made herself her son's slave and her own, and St. Cecilia, who accompanied Our Lady in that apparition, said to the religious, Happy are the faithful slaves of the Queen of Heaven, for they shall enjoy true liberty. Tibi Servere, Libertas. Seventh Motive another consideration which may engage us to embrace this practice is that of the great good which our neighbour will receive from it for by this practice we exercise charity towards him in an eminent manner seeing that we give him by mary's hands all that is most precious to ourselves which is the satisfactory and impetitory value of all our good works without accepting the least good thought or the least little suffering we agree that all the satisfactions we may have acquired or may acquire up to the moment of our death should be employed at our lady's will either for the conversion of sinners or for the deliverance of souls from purgatory is not this to love our neighbour perfectly is not this to be the true disciple of jesus christ who is always to be recognised by his charity is not this the way to convert sinners without any fear of vanity, and to deliver souls from purgatory without scarcely doing anything but what we are obliged to do by our state of life? To understand the excellence of this motive, we must understand also what a good it is to convert a sinner or to deliver a soul from purgatory. It is an infinite good, which is greater than to create heaven and earth, because we give to a soul the possession of God if by this practice we deliver but one soul in our life from purgatory or convert but one sinner would not that be enough to induce a truly charitable man to embrace it but we must remark that inasmuch as our good works pass through the hands of mary they receive an augmentation of purity and consequently of merit and of satisfactory and impetutory value On this account they become more capable of solacing the souls in purgatory and of converting sinners than if they did not pass by the virginal and liberal hands of Mary. It may be little that we give by Our Lady, but, in truth, if it is given without our own will and with a disinterested charity, that little becomes very mighty to turn the wrath of God and to attract His mercy. It would be no wonder if, at the hour of death, it should be found that a person faithful to this practice shall by the means of it have delivered many souls from purgatory and converted many sinners though he shall have done nothing more than the ordinary actions of his state of life what joy at his judgment what glory in his eternity eighth motive lastly That which in some sense most persuasively engages us to this devotion to Our Lady is that it is an admirable means of persevering and being faithful in virtue. Whence comes it that the majority of the conversions of sinners are not durable? Whence comes it that we relapse so easily into sin? Whence comes it that the greater part of the just, instead of advancing from virtue to virtue and acquiring new graces, often lose the little virtue and the little grace they have? This misfortune comes as i have shown before from the fact that man is at once so corrupt so feeble and so inconstant and yet trusts to himself leans on his own strength and believes himself capable of guarding the treasure of his graces of his virtues and merits on the other hand by this devotion we confide all we possess to the blessed virgin who is faithful we take her for the universal depository of all our goods of nature and of grace It is to her fidelity that we trust them it is on her power that we lean it is on her mercy and charity that we build in order that she may preserve and augment our virtues and merits in spite of the devil the world and the flesh who put forth all their efforts to take them from us we say to her as a good child to his mother and a faithful servant to her mistress depositum custodi My good mother and mistress, I acknowledge that up to this time I have, by your intercession, received more grace from God than I deserve, and my sad experience teaches me that I carry this treasure in a very frail vessel, and that I am too weak and too miserable to keep it safely of myself. I beseech you, therefore, receive and trust all which I possess, and keep it for me by your fidelity and power. If you keep it for me, I shall lose nothing. If you hold me up, i shall not fall if you protect me i shall be sheltered from my enemies listen to what saint bernard said in former times in order to encourage us to adopt this practice when mary holds you up you will not fall when she protects you you need not fear when she leads you you will not tire yourself when she is favourable to you you will arrive at the harbour of safety ips non corius Ipsa propitia pervenis. St. Bonaventure seems to say the same thing in still more formal terms. The Blessed Virgin, he says, is not only retained in the plenitude of the saints, but she also retains and keeps the saints in their plenitude, so that it may not diminish. She hinders their virtues from being dissipated, their merits from withering, their graces from being lost, the devils from hurting them, and even our Lord from punishing them when they sin. Virgo non solum in plentitudine, sanctorum detenatur, sed etiam in plentitudine, sanctos deitinet, ne plentitudo minuator, deitinet virtutes, ne fugiat, deitinet merita, ne periant, deitinet gratias, ne effuant, deitinet daemones, ne notiant, deitinet filium, ne peccatoris percutiat. Saint Bonaventure our blessed lady is the faithful virgin who by her fidelity to god repairs the losses which the faithless eve has caused by her infidelity it is she who obtains the graces of fidelity and perseverance for those who attach themselves to her it is on this account that a saint compares her to a firm anchor which holds them fast and hinders their making shipwreck in the agitated sea of this world where so many persons perish simply through not being fastened to that anchor we fasten our souls says he to thy hope as to an abiding anchor Animas ad spem tuam sicur ad firmam ancoram aligamus. it is to her that the saints who have saved themselves have been the most attached and have done their best to attach others in order to persevere in virtue happy then a thousand times happy are the christians who are now fastened faithfully and entirely to her as to a firm anchor the violence of the storms of this world will not make them founder nor sink their heavenly treasures happy those who enter into Mary as into the ark of Noah the waters of the deluge of sin which drowns so great a portion of the world shall do no harm to them qui operantur in me non peccabunt they who work in me shall not sin says Mary with the divine wisdom blessed are the faithless children of the unhappy eve if only they attach themselves to the faithful mother and virgin who remains always faithful and never belies herself fidelis permanent sipsam negare non potest she always loves those who love her ego diligentes ne dilio not only with an effective love but with an effectual and efficacious one by hindering them through a great abundance of graces from drawing back in the pursuit of virtue from falling in the road and from losing the grace of her son this good mother always out of pure charity receives whatever we deposit with her and what she has once received in her office of depository she is obliged by justice in virtue of the contract of trusteeship to keep safely for us just as a person with whom i have left a thousand pounds in trust Would be under the obligation of keeping him safely for me so that if by his negligence they were lost he would in justice be responsible to me for them but the faithful mary cannot let anything which has been entrusted to her be lost through her negligence heaven and earth could pass away sooner than she could be negligent or faithless to those who trust in her poor children of mary your weakness is extreme your inconstancy is great your inward nature is thoroughly corrupted you are drawn i grant it from the same corrupt mass as all the children of adam and eve yet do not be discouraged on that account console yourselves and exult in having the secret which i teach you a secret unknown to almost all christians even the most devout leave not your gold and silver in your coffers which have been already broken open by the evil spirits who have robbed you Those coffers are too little, too weak, too old, to hold a treasure so precious and so great. Put not the pure and clear water of the fountain into your vessels, all spoiled and infected by sin. If the sin is there no longer, at least the odor of it is, and so the water will be spoiled. Put not your exquisite wines into your old casks, which have had bad wine in them. Also even these wines will be spoiled, and perhaps break the casks, and be spilled upon the ground though you predestinate souls understand me well enough i will speak it more openly trust not the gold of your charity the silver of your purity the waters of your heavenly graces nor the wines of your merits and virtues to a torn sack an old and broken coffer a spoiled and corrupted vessel like yourselves else you will be stripped by the robbers that is to say the demons who are seeking and watching night and day for the right time to do it and you will infect by your own bad odour of self-love self-confidence and self-will every most pure thing which god has given you pour pour into the bosom and the heart of mary all your treasures all your graces all your virtues she is a spiritual vessel she is a vessel of honour she is a marvellous vessel of devotion vas spiritule vas honorile vas insignia devotionis since god himself has been shut up in person with all his perfections in that vessel it has become altogether spiritual and the spiritual boat of the most spiritual souls it has become honorable and the throne of honor for the grandest princes of eternity it has become wonderful in devotion and a dwelling the most illustrious for sweetness for graces and for virtues it has become rich as a house of gold strong as the tower of david and pure as a tower of ivory oh how happy is the man who has given everything to mary and has trusted himself to mary in everything and for everything he belongs all to mary and mary belongs all to him he can say boldly with david "Hac fakta est mihi mary is made for me or with the beloved disciple i have taken her for all my goods or with jesus christ omnia mea tua sunt et omnia tua mea all that i have is thine and all that thou hast is mine if any critic who reads this shall take it into his head that i speak here exaggeratedly and with an extravagance of devotion alas he does not understand me either because he is a carnal man who has no relish for spiritual things or because he is a worldling who cannot receive the holy ghost or because he is proud and critical condemning and despising whatever he does not understand himself but the souls which are not born of blood nor of flesh nor of the will of man but of god and mary understand me and relish it and it is for these that i write nevertheless i say now both for the one and for the other in returning from this digression, that the divine Mary, being the most gracious and liberal of all pure creatures, never lets herself be overcome in love and liberality. As the holy man said of her, for an egg she gives an ox. That is to say, for little that is given to her, she gives much of what she has received from God. Hence, if a soul gives itself to her without reserve, she gives herself to that soul without reserve. If only we put our confidence in her without presumption, and labor on our side to acquire virtues and to bridle our passions. Let, then, the faithful servants of the Blessed Virgin say heartily with St. John Damascene, Having confidence in you, O Mother of God, I shall be saved. Being under your protection, I shall give battle to my enemies and put them to flight. For devotion to you is an arm of salvation, which God gives to those whom it is his will to save. Spem tuum habens, o para, servabor, defensionem tuam possidens, non temibo, persequar sequar enemicos, meos et infugam vertam, habens protectionem et auxilium tuum, nam tibi devotum, esse est arma, quaedem salutis quae deus, he stulquos volt salvos fire. John de Moussin. End of part five.